0: welcome to another edition uh for the players my name is K. Murdoch and I am joined by the usual crew uh, my host uh, co-host should I say and a fellow Proxima people uh the good man on my I guess on my screen he's on my right but who knows how this is gonna turn out <laughs> the one and only he's the he is the uh, the head of the studio Proxima studio uh, Harvey Newman insert applause yeah. Hey, oh yeah
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um the weather i was gonna well talk about how good the weather was but i don't want to make you all envious or whatever because it sounds
1: like out in edinburgh it's you don't see much sun right yeah, yeah no like just so people for people to, to know since this is brand new kyle lives in california under the sun mm-hmm. in an amazing place he's obviously looking already tan and looking amazing I and i live in Scotland, Edinburgh specifically, where it's actually the opposite. Okay. Uh, everything is the opposite, which is not <laughs> that, that nice. But it's a beautiful city, though. It's great. Right. It's really amazing. It's
0: just also funny to me that you know when I log on and we have these uh, record recordings, you all are just like ending your day, whereas I'm literally on the polar opposite side and I'm starting my day. Like I have a bunch of tasks I need to knock out. Like after we record and stuff. So it's it's kind of cool, right? It's like. Just yeah time. Cool. what it's you like, gonna do, you know?
1: We are we are like a uh you know a company that actually works worldwide. We have right. people all over the world, which is right. a beautiful right. thing, I think. Right. Well, I want to go
0: ahead and um just get into it. I have a couple things I want to talk to you all about. Um the first thing I wanted to kind of ask you all about is, you know, we're just coming off the weekend and I'm always curious, like what game related things that you do over the weekend did you play anything uh was there a new piece of hardware or software that helps you do your job in this games industry that was released or came out that you're excited about like what have you been doing i'll tell you in a minute what i did game related but i'm you know i defer to you all first like
1: what are you playing harvey me well a bunch of different things uh so like this season for me is bafta season And so what that means to me is that I'm a BAFTA member and at this time of the year is basically voting session or like Mm. judging session. Yeah.
0: What is BAFTA?
1: What is BAFTA? Absolutely. So BAFTA, they they are basically like um, a a charity award and is the equivalent of what the Oscars would be in America. So if you imagine the Oscars having some type of game award, that would be the BAFTAs. They also have awards for television and film and uh, earning a BAFTA here in Europe and specifically in the UK is a massive deal. So it's one of the things that you definitely want, especially if you are a, a Brit, if you live in the UK by earning a BAFTA is like a high, a big decoration a big amazing amazing thing that you've done. Nice. So um, uh, a few years back I joined I joined BAFTA, you know, they allow me to join the, the the group especially for animation. So um at this time of the year they start sending games for you to test for you to play and then you have to basically you know rate the games and give your feedback and all that stuff. And when a lot of people do that and there's like hundreds upon hundreds of people doing BA- BAFTA voting then eventually one comes on top and this is how the BAFTA awards are awarded and then almost Get awarded in February, like I think it's February next year. So will you um, go to the
0: award ceremony too?
1: I I never been, but oh, yeah, okay. you get invited to the to, the, ceremon- to okay. the ceremony as well, which is great. I always wanted to go, but because I live in Edinburgh and it's quite far London right. from me, I can never, and I have kids, I right. can never right. actually make it but uh one day one day okay. i will um so anyways all that to say that this time of the year is just me like trying to play f- through as many games as possible so yeah. i can actually have a true vision and a sense for what's out there the things that i like personally the things that people are playing out there that perhaps i don't like i don't for example yeah. horror games i'm not a big fan but at the same time you know when i don't know, silent hill or you know anything like that that comes along that people playing resident people evil like,
0: or yeah
1: resident evil yes. when people are about it you need to play it even to actually find out what's the buzz and and how does it play and what's the good things and the bad things about it so that's what i do right now and believe it or not like the things that i'm trying to get away from in order to play other games is uh super mario wonder i love that game and i'm trying to finish zelda so those two games i was playing for pleasure for enjoyment because i wanted to play them it's so my me time. Playing with my daughters is amazing. But I have to kind of like stop and play other games because of the situation. So that's that's basically the uh, the life that I'm living right now as a gamer.
0: Yeah, my, my daughters are really into that. And they're into... um. There's another Sonic game. It's like similar to what they did for Wonder. They're just re-releasing mm. Sonic. But now you can play through the game as like Knuckles and Tails and Ro- Amy Rose. And, um. Yeah. you know, it's interesting how Sega uh you know tends to try to mirror as much as they can nintendo
1: yeah you know it's actually very curious because you revived a little bit of that sega nintendo rivalry back back in the day people were talking about it like how two games came out at the same time just like they used to be right uh which is really awesome so yeah i love that
0: but there were some games like for instance i remember one thing dating myself but when mortal kombat came out for the systems and the Super Nintendo one graphically killed the, the 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 Genesis one. But the one the reason why my friends like to play the Genesis one was they had blood, and the fatalities were like I yeah. mean were just akin to, more akin to what you saw in the arcade. On the Nintendo, they replaced. It was like very controversial. I don't know if y'all remember this. They replaced blood, well, at least here in the States, should I say, uh, with sweat. So when you hit. The People instead of the blood come, coming out, it would be gray. They colored color, uh, made it gray and they changed a lot of the fatalities. Like, obviously, you weren't decapitating people with Sub Zero. Um, I think the only one you could kind of do was um, well, Scorpion setting the person on fire, but it wasn't, they didn't show the bones and everything. Like, it wow. was, yeah, it was very interesting. We used to do that all the, lame the time, version. whenever, yes, yeah, right. So Mortal Kombat, man, um, that was one that we played more on the Genesis than the Super Nintendo. But for the most part, Super Nintendo, like all the way,
1: you know. Yeah, there's so many things we have to talk about in this in this podcast, man. Yeah. Like same thing with best consoles from either either Sega. Oh, that's or a whole other. That's a whole other conversation. That's a that whole really other conversation. About. It's gonna be a long conversation as yeah, well. I'll, so <laughs>
0: I'll try to keep you all on task, and you know, you know, I, I had a couple things I wanted to. Um, bring up. And the last thing I'll say just to kind of close out what we're playing. I mentioned Sega. I, for some reason went back and, and replayed this game. I love this series and I started playing it and during right before the pandemic, then the pandemic hit. And, and ironically, whereas a lot of people started playing games, I kind of didn't play as much games probably because I was at home with my wife and kids and it was harder to get the kind of gaming I wanted in, but it was a game called Valkyria Chronicles that I used to. Oh Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I went know. back and played... I started playing 4, which came out in, like, 2019 or 18. I hadn't played it. I forgot it was on my system, and so I'd been playing that. And um, Sega is the, I guess, publisher of it. So, um, I love it. Um, I finally beat it, but I'm, like, kind of now sad because, as far as I know, they haven't talked about making a fifth one because I'm playing the fourth one. And I re- I've been playing that series since it came out on PS2 and PSP. So anyway, um, anyway, Amazing. just wrapping that up. You know, speaking of another kind of IP that people were very excited about, I mean, we had Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which Harvey mentioned he's playing through. Um, and this is something I've been seeing pop up probably just as much, well, maybe not as much, but one rumor of a, 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 a game or something that we played that was going to be turned into a film for the longest time was akira remember that the the japanimation movie um they were supposed to be doing a live action one and i would say on top of uh, akira i'm starting to see a lot of people talk about this and it's been confirmed now that they're making a zelda a live action zelda movie i saw miyamoto like there at the presser introducing and talking about it and originally I thought it was going to be done in coordination with Netflix, but I'm not hearing Netflix's name about that. Have you all heard anything else about that?
1: Yeah, I I heard I Sony. Sony is going to be the the, the the studio that is going to Wow, really well, Sony doing yeah, a Nintendo yeah. IP? <laughs> that's, that's what everybody Yeah, that's what I just saw. I thought I think I think it was Indian Gadget or something like that. So right. Sony is actually co-funding also the project. So it's Nintendo. Wow. So yeah, it's like pfft, uh, so Nintendo is paying uh, some of the money and Sony's paying some other part of the money and then Sony's wow. going to publish it and distribute it and market it and things like that. And then it's going to also be a live action instead of animation, which right. is, has people up in hands again because the Mario movie was so successful. So everybody's like, can we have an animated version of Zelda? However, personally, I think it makes 100% sense to actually make a live action version of Zelda because Zelda is much more uncharted than it is animated and cute and cartoony. Mm. Like if you really play the game, even though the game looks cute and cartoony, uh but i do think that going through the dungeons going through the adventures all the fighting all the like you know discovery and solving puzzles and stuff like that all of that like lends itself to actually have a live action movie really really well done really? plus you know they did with they did the mario movie with sony pictures animation which yes. is also part of the family and
0: illumination yeah who did the minions exactly. and yeah
1: so i think that um being part of the family I think you'll mean that Miyamoto, I don't think Miyamoto is going to allow for the story to be bad. Uh, like Miyamoto is going to, is going to for sure allow f- for a story in the film, no matter what medium to be as good as a game. And if he actually can make absolutely amazing games of any Zelda, because he's over, oversees all things Nintendo, hundred percent, whatever comes out Zelda like from, right. from, from Miyamoto is going to be amazing. So I'm not even worried. It's all good. I wonder what which actor. I hope he's not a, like a known actor. I hope he's somebody unknown that looks very much like Link, you know.
0: But then, then I'm so I'm so curious too because you know when we've seen like things like comic books and anime or other games adapted. Now, obviously, when a lot of these games originate in Japan, right? So they're like Japanese people, right? But they're obviously animated and they don't look trad- You know. Like a yeah. Japanese person, so I'm interested to see: is the casting gonna be a person who looks more ethnic? Is it gonna be a white dude with blonde hair and blue eyes, like how Link is literally like animated? Like I'm so I don't know. And even thinking about Ganon, is Ganon gonna be CGI? Is it gonna be a person they put a lot of makeup on? Which I kind of hope. On. Yeah, I don't. I hope exactly. it's not like. Yeah, I don't know. So many questions, but I do think yeah. with. Miyamoto there it's gonna be he's not gonna let it be whack you know
1: no no he's gonna yeah. be yeah he's gonna make it awesome he's gonna whoever's yeah. gonna link as long as like you not know, Tom Holland shows up as Link now <laughs> like, like yeah I hope it's not <laughs> something like that because uh, I don't I don't think star power is gonna help you on this one it needs to be the right. story the driving the game the movie not so much to the person in charge or the person leading the role or anything like
0: that he already man he already cashed in his game credit he played Drake you know Nathan yeah. Drake you know, so I don't yeah I didn't I didn't see it but I it was weird to see Mark Wahlberg as Sully like I was like I yeah. guess it makes sense like, I thought
1: it was interesting, but I, I do think it's a genius stroke for Miyamoto to be involved because if the Uncharted movie was actually kind of like, I don't know, produced by, you know, the one of the main guys that actually is behind Uncharted or the, the, the Naughty Dog Studios, it kind of gives it extra cred- credibility. Mm-hmm. And it means that, you know, as the IP, as long as the IP is treated with respect, I feel like they will actually pull it off. And I do think Sony is a good bet because they're already into games. So they right. will probably understand exactly where they're coming from. Fingers crossed. Right, you're, you're
0: right about that too. um Regarding to having the people maybe who were associated with the IP of the game, because I look at like The Last of Us and how that was adapted from the from the game uh, exactly. to the to the. I mean, the TV show is amazing, and there are people I you know people I talk to who never even played the game who want to go back and play the game, and I'm like, the game is so good, the series yep. is so good. And like, it's cool. Like they did a great yep. job of adapting and, and, you know, paying homage, but also like, like, oh man, the backstory, but be, be, behind, what was the guy's name? Frank, uh, Bill and Frank, the, the two uh, friends of, um, you know, the main characters or whatever. And like kind of giving their backstory and um, Ron yeah. Swanson being like the, the person cast. I I I was like, when I watched it, I was telling my wife, I was like, that's going to win. Uh, you mentioned Bafta, but I guess here it would win an Emmy, which is like Emmy, for yeah. TV, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 because I just thought they they did a great job on that episode. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. Well, speaking of origin stories, I'm I'm interested to see yeah if the Zelda movie like how that goes about because the Zelda lore is so I mean it's almost what thirty some almost forty years deep at this point. Um, but speaking of origin stories, I want to segue, and this is a kind of a bad segue. But I'm gonna segue into your origin story, Harvey. Um, you know, I'm it probably not as eventful as Link, but uh <laughs> Well maybe. <laughs> or maybe or I, I don't know. I guess we don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm about to ask you, man. I wanna I wanna we're kinda gonna talk to you and you're the crux of this show. It's finding more about you because obviously we wouldn't even be here doing this podcast if you kinda didn't bring this uh this crew together. You're like the party leader, you know, like I um trying to equate it to like a rpg you know staying in video games the the character is actually leads the crew (laughs) yeah you're the party yeah you're the party leader man the the, Proxima is your baby and our 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 baby yeah yeah, but before proxima can you tell us about like
1: your history working in games um, it's, it's, it's a long history and I'm normally really bad at telling it. Like I actually like tried to resume and I'm like, I worked on these things and I, they're all right, I guess. And then I move on to net better things. But, um, yeah, no, like, so I've been in the industry for like 20 plus years now. I started okay. in the early 2000s, um, started uh, like, you know, working in QA, like, I don't know if you guys know this for everybody listening and watching like there's a thing called certification that all games have to go through Okay. and back in the day when you had physical discs you had to actually send like because there was no day one updates or day one patch or anything like that the disc the final game needs to be exactly like it is and if it was broken with bugs or whatever it would just be shipped with it in it and many games had that right which is horrible for anybody buying games and when they ship a bunch of units to the shops and stuff so certification is basically what happens before the games get printed which is basically a bunch of people um, testing a bunch of different things one of them Mm -hmm. is like trying to break the game me, mm. like trying to actually play the game as a QA okay. tester, trying to break the game as much as possible. But then there's also people going through legal, going through like age certification and all these other things. So I spent maybe the first like year or so just doing, working for a student, for um, an agency doing certification for a bunch of games. So that's basically what I, when I fell in love with working in the industry, because I kind of tested games like Knights of the Republic, Halo 2, nice. um, Red Dead Revolver, uh, like so many, like it was so many back to back. Every week was a different game. And for me, it was like, so this is it. I get paid to play games every day, eight hours a day. This is baller. It, this it, is amazing. It was the pay good? The pay was horrible. It was oh, like... Okay, really <laughs> it
0: was, it was okay I had to ask. Because <laughs> I'm was sure bad. there's a lot of
1: people like, hmm. I was so bad. I could barely pay rent, but... I found something that I enjoyed, so I was like, I'll make it happen, make it work some way, somehow. I moved on over to, after that didn't work out, because you have to play games really fast, break games really fast, and you get to a cadence that is not sustainable anymore. And then I had to find a full-time job, I moved over to Sega, so I worked in a bunch of games at Sega, and that, that gig was full-time, it was not contracts anymore. Okay. so finally some cadence to the money coming in all the time, which is nice. I tested games in Sega, such as Worms Forts and Rome, uh, Total War, War Rome, oh, yeah. and run okay. and... I don't know, a, a total um, football manager as well. Like the very okay. first one that came out years ago, I did like localization for that game. I still have the Masters somewhere here at home from for, for wow. the Portuguese and the Spanish somewhere. Um, and uh, it's really, really cool. It was amazing, amazing experience. But that kind of ended up badly for reasons that I'm not going to. Not, okay. not, <laughs> not, not, not because of me, it was because of Sega, how I was treated. And then I saw the negative side of the industry as well. And then I realized that if I'm going to do this and be a developer, I need to be actively developing games. Because QA, unfortunately, they like even though I spent about a good I don't know it was like five four five to six year four to six years doing QA, they are not really treated as like the main core team of development. They are treated as outsiders. Mm. It's like once the game is done, send it to QA to actually check, and then brings comes back to the developers so we can actually make changes, right? Um, and it, it sucks, it really sucks. Like I felt like an outsider a lot of the time and you, you're like, I'm helping you making the game. I'm actually making sure that the game doesn't right. break and is important work. So shout out to all the QA out there because you guys matter a whole lot. You guys are great. So I then studied a lot to become an animator so I could actually go in and work as a developer, being an animator. So I started doing that. Uh, and that was early 2000s. And then I worked in a bunch of different games, uh, different companies. So I worked in uh, uh, GoldenEye, the reboot with Craig- Daniel Craig for the Nintendo Wii. I worked on Death Space. And then I worked on uh, Crisis. I worked on uh, Fable. I worked on uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. And then I- after that Battle I worked friend. on- No, Total War, Warhammer, being in between. And then then I worked in Battlefront, and then I worked in Battlefield, and then I came back to Battlefront. And then I worked. (laughs) (laughs) So there's been a bunch of stuff that I have. And then I I, I worked in a bunch of, uh, I worked in about three metaverse games uh, at this point. And then basically at this point, I'm kind of working for myself. Um, and this is when Proxima and these lovely people here in this podcast came together because as you can tell, it's a long career, many years, doing many things, bouncing around, moving countries. And um, you got to a point that I felt like I needed something of my own. I felt like I needed to kind of work with people that I enjoy and create an environment that is incredibly creative and, right. you know, fosters like, you know, a good vibe and creativity and good, like the things that you're seeing here in the podcast, hopefully. That's basically what i decided to kind of like um, start. And now we we have Proxima and we've been here a couple of years now. I I mean, I'm so intrigued. I mean, just like what even like
0: got you into going back to like, okay, I want to do Q&A. Like, did you stumble? How did you stumble upon that? Because I feel like a lot of us play games, but like who thinks to be like, yo, I want to test games and then from there yeah. be like yo I'm I'm good at doing it an- I'm gonna animate them. like what what was the yeah. I don't know the shatter points you mentioned spider-man earlier like spider-man shatter point was bitten, being bit by the, the spider yeah. so what was I'm it for spider. you
1: Yes. Yeah. same thing really I, one day I was bit by a spider and then I started
0: <laughs> touché
1: touché <laughs> I was so. right for that. <laughs> no, but it was actually kind of bizarre. So I had a friend that I worked with, uh, in temporarily in an office uh, doing like graphic design, and we met, and um, like we worked like for a few months together, and then he disappeared. And then we met on the train all, out of all places. And then uh, for some weird reason, I remember that this was at the beginning when Gmail was created. Um, this is how long ago <laughs> wow. it was. Because I remember we were talking about he had a Gmail account. And at that point, it was like invite only. And I'm like, how can I get one? At that point, it was such a big <laughs> Oh, my <thing>. God. <laughs> so uh, we met. And then I was asking him, so what do you do now? Like, we know all that stuff. And then he told me that he was QAing games. And I'm like, what? you like, you're testing? You just... You get paid to play games, and it was still a, at a point that people don't didn't even know that this was a thing. It was not mm-hmm. known whatsoever. So he was like, Yeah, yeah. So I work for this agency, I'm contracting, and they call me whenever they have a new game, and I go over and I play a game, and then I play for a week, and then come back, wait for the call again, and it keeps going and going. Wow. And I'm like, Damn, this is amazing. Do I think do you think I have what it takes? It was like, well, do you play a lot of games? I'm like,
0: yeah. <laughs> you <a jack.
1: laughs> Yeah, exactly. Can you do you think you can play it for like eight hours a day, every single day of the week? I'm like, yeah. So <laughs> then he basically like, don't worry. Here's my phone number. I'll put your name down. And fingers crossed, he'll call you someday. And you don't like, I spend the next two weeks just praying and like crossing everything to make sure that hopefully they will call me one day and be like here's a gig right here's a game and i was like and at that moment i'll shine and i'll, I'll play so hard they'll break the console and then i went and i did the thing and they liked it and then i just called they just called me back a bunch of times and it was great and this is how i got it
0: and it, it <laughs> right. literally was a phone call or was it an email like hey come in was a and- phone call Okay, there was no you. email. Like okay. the,
1: it was the time of the hotmail. So it was very oh, okay. little. Email. Gotcha. You get spam gotcha. and that's okay. about it. Like the real stuff haven't happened on the phone at that point.
0: Man, you know, and I mean, you were kind of running down some of the stuff you, you I mean, uh, some of the stuff, like it's anything, but like some of the games, which are A games you worked on, but you also, you worked on indie games too, right? Indie games too. Yes, I did okay. work
1: on indie games too. And uh, they are so much more fun. To I was going to
0: say, what is the difference? Yeah. What, what would you say is the big difference between, aside from budget,
1: <laughs> I'm sure, uh, <laughs> between the AAA and the indie game? In the indie game, it's just, you know everybody, you, you know everybody that works in the game. That's the, biggest, okay. the like one of the biggest things. Like you wouldn't believe how many people it takes to create a battlefield, right? Or create a Battlefront or a of a game. It normally what takes was the multiple. team size for Battlefront? Battlefront, it was like, I think it was three or four studios and each studio, at least our, we had about 500 and then all other studios had like a hundred plus people, right? Um, so, and we had to come together and work on different parts of the game to then make one game. Right, So there was space, there was planets, there was, there was all kinds of stuff, the multiplayer, the single player. So it's, it's a lot. So because there's so many people, uh, you don't really know much more than your department, maybe the, the, the departments in your department. So animation and maybe like rigging and sound, maybe. Um, that's most of the people that you actually kind of deal with. Um, maybe art a little bit as well. But you never like talk with engineers. You never talk with people like that because, you know, you're just making noise. So just like do your job and then let us do ours. But in an indie game, because there's only so many people working in this game, many people have to do different things. And normally it's about, you know, like two to 10 people, maybe 20 people. Um, but everybody knows what they do and everybody yeah. appreciates each other's work. And then everybody is, gets hype for the work. Yeah. Normally there's one person doing one thing. So one animator, and then there's going to be one rigger and then, or maybe like one animator, one VFX artist, one sound artist and things like that. So because I'm an animator, I don't know nothing about sound. Whenever I animate and then they add sound, I'm like, whoa.
0: This is amazing,
1: and then you just keep hyping each other up, and that environment is the best type of environment. So this is why I don't want Proxima to become huge at any point. I want us to become to be small and basically contained. That we know each other and we gel well with each other and all that stuff. I think that's where the fun is in games.
0: Well, and and I heard you mention, you know, because I'm 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 learning literally on the go, you know, like I so much. Every time I, we have a meeting, our weekly meeting, I feel like I'm I'm always listening. I, I, well, I'm, I'm naturally always listening because I work in sound, so I'm always checking out, listening for stuff. But particularly when it comes to our meetings in a team, because for instance, I just heard you say, I I think I know what rigging means, but can you describe what a person who does rigging
1: yeah. does? so imagine um have you ever seen cow and chicken yes <laughs> i remember, remember that how show. <laughs> do you remember how 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 like the, the chicken didn't have any bones there was a boneless chicken in that show yes yeah it's just like a
0: head right. and a body and it was kind it of was just... like
1: really floppy yeah so yeah, yeah. a, a, a rigor puts bones on a mm, character that's, that's basically a good way how it, it is okay yeah, yeah yeah so so that's the simplest way that you can explain. It's really complex and technical and um and it really depends on what kind of character you have. If you have like hair and cloth and and fur and like all that stuff. it becomes really complicated, so shout out to all the riggers out there because they do a lot of work. Mm-hmm. but it's very much like if animation is like on the background, and people don't know most names of animators that worked in their favorite games, rigging is one step further. From that as well. Okay. So it's actually some of the, some of the, the, there's many different roles in games that are very much not known or not, not understood uh, because people, unless you're in the industry, you don't know what you're looking for, what you're doing, what you're supposed to be doing. But yeah, rigging is actually something that is very uh, technical and very cool.
0: I guess I would equate it to, um, and thinking about from what I know already of, of, you know, the way it's set up and sound. So, you know, someone like myself is a sound designer and then we have Johnny on the team as a composer. The person who does the implementation or the programming creates the logic of how these assets that we create go in, they kinda give the music a frame, a bones to allow it to be interactive. Maybe That's rigging it. is kind of the same way with the on the visual aspect, right? To on, on the animation side, yes, yeah, 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 yeah on, the on the animation, animation. side. So
1: right. there is no animation without rigging. Like if you, otherwise, you just gotcha. have a model doing this stuff, right? So it needs to be <laughs> have a, a rigging, a rigging pass, so then you can have bones and controllers. You give it to an animator, and at that point, the animator goes fun, and then just okay, starts moving gotcha. the character about, awesome. so you can then have animation. So nice. there's a process to this. It's uh, it's very complex. Man, I don't know anything awesome. about rigging. I'm not All a right. rigger. Just so you guys know, I'm an animator, not a rigger.
0: Got gotcha. you. It sounds like a t-shirt we need to make. I'm an animator, not a regular. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it just sounds like a very game-centric kind of thing. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you to share, um, succinct as you want to be, uh, a good and a bad, or maybe they're one in the same, lesson you learn while working in the industry. In the industry? Yeah. Um, something uh, Something good you learn
1: and something bad you learn. So I start with the thing, something bad first? Yeah, is yeah, always sure. Better. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. So, uh, something bad. Um, there's a lot of politics in this industry that it's getting in the way of creativity. That is the biggest bad thing that I can tell you okay. as of now, um, because uh, there's so much money in the industry, because there's so many huge companies in this industry, because there's many, so many people wanting power and higher ranks and having a big say. Mm-hmm. Um, even within developers, they, there's a lot of politics and a lot of things that basically are not game related that happen that gets in the way of the game. Um, And that was a surprise to me and it was hard to navigate and it took me years to actually know how to navigate that. It's very hard for you to actually having to justify yourself in everything you do and making sure that you actually have always put your best foot forward and making sure that you're always doing a good job and making sure that you're always constantly repeating the same things all the time to the same amount of people, just so they have peace of mind that you're doing a good job. Um, And that's, that's actually kind of frustrating in a lot of ways. The best thing about, about this industry is surrounding yourself with the people that you enjoy creating the most. Nice. And there's many people in this industry that are there, just there to make good games. Most of the people in this industry, I would say, are there to make good games. Uh, this is the minority of the politics situation that I was talking about. But unfortunately, this minority is actually in charge of many things. But, but I do think that there's most of the people in this, in, in this industry want to create amazing games. And when they don't happen is because, a bunch of different s- situations happen between the good idea to publishing the game. Um, most of the time, so. Um, surrounding yourself with people that you enjoy working with as best as possible, doesn't matter if he's in your team in animation, or if he's in your department in art, or if he's in your own company, like we do here in Proxima, that is the best way possible. Like like-minded people, people that have the same energy than you, people that are positive as you, people that, you know, want e- like nothing but doing the best games and having fun and passionate about stuff. Right. That's the best thing about this industry
0: man well said i was and i was going to ask you like what was the impetus of creating proxima but honestly like the other answers you've given have all kind of let me know like this is why you know all those things have kind of led to this this is where we're at you know for sure the the last thing i want to ask you uh harry i think this is just be funny is um i'm just going to say this in another life you would be a i
1: just thought that would be a a fun way to you know now that's a great question i never thought about that uh in another life i would be a i don't think i'll be anybody else i kind of like where things have
0: gone respect
1: yeah (laughs) i don't know if if, we, if you would have asked me who would I like to be like in another life maybe Barack well, what Obama. would you
0: wanted to be like I don't know like another passion you had you're like you know I'm really good at like making crepes or i don't know like i don't know, you know <laughs> i would have been a maker i would have been a a restaurant maker yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah exactly um i don't know i also i also f i fancied myself a an actor at some point okay uh, I, I thought about I studying didn't know the, that. theater. Yeah, at some point. Okay. But it's because animation, like I, through animation, I learned that acting is really important. Okay. And it, like when I was animating many years ago, because I've been leading and directing for many years, but when I was animating, you could see me here in the office in front of a camera, just going like, so you said, and like just doing those, this oh, ad, wow. acting. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So we can have reference, so we can then animate okay, towards it okay. reference. So so because of that, like, uh, you know, some people told me that, you know, you're pretty good at this you naturally when when the camera is rolling you go and scene and then you just change (laughs) (laughs) Um, part of the job as animation director is to actually knowing what the game needs and trying to give it its best needs possible. And then being the bridge between that and then having a, a nice actor coming into a, the, what they call the volume, which is the, basically the mocap room. Okay. Um, coming into so the mo- mocap room and then okay. delivering the best lines and acting the best things and, and like running the best way and jumping the best way. And a lot of the times it's about you, the animation director, Telling them, look, in the game right now, what's going to happen is this. The characters in this mode and they just end up fighting here, these people. And now they go into this lake to fish some fish for whatever reason. And he, he needs to actually just relax, right? So just show me the emotional depth that you have here. And then they go ahead and do it, right? Um, and sometimes you have footage of the game to show them. Sometimes you don't. You just have to make them imagine, but right. it is your job to my kind of like, you know, be that bridge and make and like squeeze as much acting as possible.
0: I've learned a lot, man. And so, you know, as we as we wrap up things, I'll just say, you know, if you all want to find out more about Proxima, what we do, the people who make up this team, buy some merch, find out about the IP and stuff that we're working on. Uh, the place to go is Proxima.studio. We are, of course, this is for the players. You know, we love playing games as much as we love making them, so we do this show for the players, right? So on that note uh we've given up you know where to go you've heard about harvey uh i will see you uh you know same bat time same bat channel this is the place uh this is for the players and um yeah till next time y'all peace